0: on TV, online, and on Wa El Sadat, Egyptian president, assassinated, read a book. This is EPT Not Live.
1: Hello my babies and welcome to EPT Not Live at EPT Live. We are in Dublin. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is Matt Broughton. He is James Hardigan. And if I didn't say it already, we are in Dublin. I know you can't really tell from the looks of this room because indoors looks the same everywhere.
2: Same set, same table, same screens.
1: Yeah, and there's nothing particularly Irish in the background, but maybe some folks will be stumbling home from the bar in a second. Coming up on today's show, we're gonna catch you up on what's happened in Dublin so far. I had some fun in town, maybe, or maybe not Tinder related. Do we actually want to know is the question? Of course of you do, of course you do. Matt and James and I went to see Deadpool last night, and it was maybe Tinder-related. Huh? No, it wasn't. I just (laughs) copy and paste error. Uh, Also, we had some adventures in online poker. I attempted one of the milestone challenges going on here. Uh, Well, not here, everywhere online this week. We've got a superfan versus Staves, Fergal Moore. He's a Dubliner? He
2: uh, lives in Ireland. I'm not sure whether he's actually from Dublin. Uh, He's making the trip to the RDS this morning and is going to be competing against you in a game of Quentin Tarantino trivia. I'm
1: kind of down for this, I'm, especially because Matt did the quiz. I like Matt's quiz. Sorry, James. It's kind of like when you have a substitute teacher. <laughs> I like Matt's quizzes better. Uh, speaking of uh, the substitute teacher, check him out over there. Look, we hey. got a logo.
3: I feel like I've arrived nearly.
1: Matt, you're, you're, you've been acknowledged. Oh. I know. Look, the look the at my arms. Okay, James, what's going on in the world of social media? Uh,
2: reaction to last week's show. Um, we have had uh, a campaign running on EPT Not Live for the last few weeks about the city of Hull and whether Hull deserves an EPT or UKIPT event.
1: Did you ever anything contribute to uh, EPT Hull? What we could look to, uh, hope to expect? No, do you stars know Stars Fun would be bar fighting probably. I kind of wanted Hashtag th- stars fun. Hashtag I wanted stars to stay
3: fun. out of it because I thought there's a chance I might be there one day. And I just don't uh, right. need, like, a target on my forehead. Oi! Oi! that bloke who said something. No, I just don't need that. Not that they sound like that in Hull. Well, uh, Matt Richardson,
2: yeah, he's going to weigh on this. Is it just me, or am I the only one kind of tired of hearing about Hull?
1: Hashtag just saying. Does Northampton have a, a rivalry with Hull for being shittiest town in the UK? Is that why he's sick of hearing about Hull?
2: Northampton,
1: New Brunswick. Isn't that oh that's Canada, isn't it? Yeah. That's probably why he's
2: sick of hearing about Hull, because he's probably barely heard of London.
1: Yeah, and there's I don't think there's I don't even think Canada's worst city could compare it to like the nicest part of Hull, probably. So
2: uh we also have heard some middle urinal reactions. Aiden Dunn says so funny that you touched on this in the latest podcast. I had two middle urinal situations in the same night last weekend.
1: Come on. That too, that's that's a problem with you, I think. I think that I think you're bringing this upon yourself. I had a very weird one. Uh, how do you guys handle this? I was on a date in London last week, and the urinals were raised up, right, about mm-hmm. six inches off the ground, and I didn't know whether I. And but the the ledge of the urinals was only about four inches wide, and so I didn't know if you're supposed to stand on it and Kinda and put like yourself in and yeah, and then you're up and hanging into it, or then you're back and some of us, you know, when not excited. I couldn't clear the, the distance between... <laughs> couldn't generate the, enough pressure. Yeah, and so it just was, I was like, I don't I don't know if I want to stand up on be I'm, on a
2: stage I'm or... I'm coming to the conclusion as time goes on that maybe it's time to just use the cubicles, like not even bother with the trench or with the urinals,
1: just go straight to the James, cub- not only does he use his cubicle, he just sits down.
3: But there's a lot of touching. There's a lot of touching involved in using a cubicle. You right. I mean? And I'm going for like minimum contact from the, through the door. I'll even wait till someone else opens it. And get my hands in the. Don't want to use a handle just use the at foot. all. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the problem with cubicles. There's more touching of things than having contact. I also don't know what to do if you're like in a in a public place, like kind of where there's families and you get into the bottom, There's like urinal, 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 kids' urinal, and if all the adult urinals, is it like, do, do I just wait or no, is it okay? Don't do it. Can I because kind of go and
1: squat? We call it taking it down a notch. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I kind of feel awkward though. I feel like there's, everyone's gonna look at me in a funny way like especially if the guys that were occupying the three year olds leave. Right. And now and a you new look guy comes weirdo. in, there's a complete empty wall and there's just this guy at the end using the kids
1: one, like Looking like all, all a bit awkward. But it's better to be using the kids one than like expecting a child to show up, like left it open for you. Standing behind. <laughs> go, go ahead, son. It's all it's right there for you, <laughs> little buddy.
2: Uh, several suggestions for branding of the superfans if we feel that people who listen to the podcast or watch EPT live you should have a specific name. Pete Blow suggests the One Buck Beauties because we have the One Buck Bounty
1: Bonanza on EPT live, or the Spin and Goons. Those are both very good. But the thing is that Pete Blow sometimes says mean shit, so I'm just, he's just basically out of the he's out of the competition. Unlucky.
2: <laughs> uh, more suggestions from Scott Campbell. He says, "I got it. We shall forever be known as the Not Live Lifers." The
1: not li- I like it, but it's long. Mm. Man, am I going to have to go with a Pete Blow suggestion? What was your really? suggestion,
3: Matt? Because you contributed. that has oh, got to be good. Week. The European Poker Tourists.
1: Oh, that's pretty good. Thanks. That's pretty good. I, I just like thought that. Tur-
3: I couldn't believe someone hadn't used the word tourists because it's kind of what, what they are. They come uh, with us our, around the world. Our
1: little tourists, yeah. If
3: someone can make up a better version using the word tourist. It can, just, I, tr- can, I I can, can I
2: just check that even though you've added the word European, that we're not going to get sued by Azif? because he has trademarked Poker
3: Tourist. Oh, that is true, but I don't know.
1: I, 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 hey, look, it was just an idea that came like to my it. mind. I was uh, listening it's, it's to your podcast. It's my favorite so far. It's my favorite non-Pete Blow suggestion.
3: Now, on last
2: week's show, we had what some people are calling the superfan letdown. This Ooh,
1: was uh, a chat James
2: Jenkinson, by Made the way. Up.
1: Totally fake Joe guy. No, this no guy way it's a real exist. person. He totally did this whole thing just... To mess with us. We
2: did hear from James Jenkinson, by the way. He did get in touch to say that he'd received some bad news and his head wasn't in the right place and he
1: forgot about it. I think that that should have just been, I forgot. Yeah. I'm so sorry, I just forgot. I I just totally forgot. What bad news do you think it was? I don't want to speculate. No, maybe no, it was no, real. but no,
2: no. Uh, Well, Gareth Elfierce. Taylor says, what an idiot the superfan was. Apply to be on a show, then don't answer when they call you. Hashtag disrespect.
1: That idiot
3: getting bad news that day. I'm going to say, I think you probably ended up with a better end result, though. I thoroughly enjoyed it. As I thought listener, it was fun. I had to fight so
1: hard with James to like not cut out the parts where he didn't answer the phone. And <laughs> it's, like, it's so unprofessional. Like, this is going in the show.
3: Gold. It was thoroughly enjoyable. And
2: I'd like to point out that Paul, the TV producer, has been proudly wearing his Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt on location here in Dublin.
1: He really has. It looks weird on him. I don't know why it looks we should have done a photo for that but we didn't. Okay, what else we got?
2: Uh, we've got a great tweet from Sam. This was the guy by the way who listened to the podcast while he was playing the UK IPT series event at the Hippodrome M1 or something, or something right? He finished uh, day 1A as chip leader that's and he it. cashed in around 20 25th place. Had a monthly home game to the style of shark cage last night and managed to avoid the cage. They went to a lot of effort. Look at that. I mean that's I mean are we going to sue? Not at all. Oh. Take us through the photos, Joe, because look at this. He's got the Surrey Poker Shark <laughs> Cage logo. They made their own value and bluff cards I and their own that. time bank chips, those little Brilliant. silver tokens.
1: How they and, hey, how do they get their hands on those chips though? What, the EPT ones? Um, those are... Very reasonable facsimiles of the real chips we (laughs) use. I think those
2: are old ones, which were probably sold in a chip set somewhere. Uh, And then, my personal favorite, they (laughs) constructed their own shark cage.
1: Wow. That is something I would have... uh, Good effort. You can use that after the fact, I think, even, right? I mean, there's a lot of fun that can be had. Trust Even you. when you're not playing. Trust, trust you. Shark cage, yeah.
2: Uh, the good news, by the way, is that loads of people have been applying in the last week to be on Superfan versus Stapes, had some good specialist subjects. There is now a waiting list because I'm booking people in several weeks in advance. Um, I did forget about a guy over in the US, a guy called Sean, who applied some time ago, and he dropped off the list. I'm going to put him back on the list because he got in touch this morning to say, last try on the Superfan Challenge, SNES games.
1: So you didn't know what that was? No idea. What did you guys call Super Nintendo here? SNES. But it says SNES right there. Yeah, but I didn't. I wasn't into
3: that. Oh, you just. No, no. don't forget, James was like probably in a library, or or I don't know.
2: I was watching Truffaut movies, Joe. Oh, got it. Okay. Uh, Bonus bribe, and I think this is firmly directed at state. Oh yeah. I'll tell you. How to get the blue check mark.
1: This dude claims that he can show me how to be verified on Twitter, which is something that I've wanted. Like I wrote Twitter and I said I like at Replied to is like, I will suck your dick for a blue check mark. Like, What's I would... the
3: advantage of having a, a blue
1: check You're you're basically only celebrities have blue check marks. That's so... not true. Oh, I see. That so true. that you can't
2: it's not, it's not. No, it's not about celebrities. It's where they're worried about impersonation. If you
1: look, exactly. And who would be worried about impersonation? If you look at all the people who have blue check marks, what percentage of them are celebrities? A, 90%, a heavy, 90%? 50%. Which is why I said mostly celebrities. <laughs> it's not how I said mostly celebrities.
2: Journalists. A lot of journalists working for a lot of publications, a God lot of TV channels, a lot of radio stations. A
1: lot of my former colleagues who I'm have- I'm not saying there aren't journalists. All I'm saying there's mostly celebrities. But the point I'm coming to is- The point I'm coming to is that I misspoke. What do they have in- Joe, what do they have in common,
2: celebrities and journalists? People try to impersonate them. They need to have official verification. Have, no one fucking cares about impersonating you!
1: <gasps> That's why you don't need to be verified. There is only one you. That, that is not true. There, are, there well, have been many parody accounts of me on Twitter. And of characters you've created. And of characters I've created on Twitter. But also, it's, my whole point is what the of result of it is. Not what the cause of it is. The result is that when people see that blue check mark, right. they assume you're a celebrity and they follow you for no good so reason. So basically you just need the ego boost. It's not the ego boost. I want the followers, which then leads to the ego boost. <laughs> At least you're honest well, about it. Well, why aren't thousands and thousands of people following Sean? Because he probably doesn't tweet anything interesting. <laughs> oh,
2: poor So Sean. how did he
3: get it then? Who, he's who's a journalist. Oh. And if you are contacting
2: people on Twitter about news stories and trying to get interviews, so you need it's to know in your Twitter's legit. interest to make sure that
1: people know they're legit. Right. That makes so maybe sense. that's what he's going to try to tell me, to go back to journalism, but or I have no interest. maybe interact more. Maybe it's about the interactions. Moving on. I have one social media beef that isn't James Hardigan this morning. I'm going to go ahead and fire up the uh, the social media beef music. So last week, you guys remember, I, uh, I told a little story about how um, my neighbor had complained about uh, my sex noises. Yes. Coming out of my – well, I shouldn't even say sex noises. Just noises. Just complaining. Who knows what they were, really? She assumed they were sex noises. Could have been anything going on in there. That was
2: her specific complaint, though. She did specify.
1: And then I found out later on that not only did she complain, but because she thought that no one would believe her, that she filmed (laughs) her side of the wall to show everyone how loud it was. And I did have beef with this person for saying, like, I wish you had just slipped a note under my door, just said something before you went to file an official complaint. To
2: be fair to you, you actually felt genuinely guilty about it. You obviously were a little bit worried about the fact that you'd upset your next door neighbor, but equally a bit not that you'd gone straight to the concierge and to the building management and not come to you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just wish it it had gone down differently. And also I felt bad and I thought I expressed that on the show. I thought I I said like, I I I wouldn't wish this on this person. And if I had known, I would have stopped. but unfortunately, I got a message on, uh, on Facebook from Sam the Manic Flea, who uh, is a super fan. And uh, I sent her my sweatshirt from the uh, That's right. the music festival. And she said, uh, I don't often get off my lazy arse to moan about online things. But after listening to the podcast today, I felt I needed to contact you regarding your neighbor and her noise complaint. I don't think you are totally fair unless you have lived that woman's life. You cannot know. You know what? There's going to be better music for this. I'm going back to James's uh, Dublin <laughs> music for this. <laughs> <laughs> much better I don't think you were totally fair unless you have lived that woman's life you can't know how the noise has affected her in, a, in her past she may have had bad experiences in dealing with neighbor complaints so she went with what she thought was the best route I get how you say things more for observation less for reaction unlike many people these days but I feel you chose badly this time. Hope you mind me messi- <laughs> messaging you too much. Regards. I hope Sam. Hope you mind me messaging too much. Well, I did mind in this case. Yeah. I did not reply. I, almost re- I replied to almost every single person who writes to me. Why? Social media, be fair. There's so many issues I have with this. <laughs> first of all, I do think I was totally fair, first and foremost. Secondly... Is something bad happened to Sam and sex noises? Like this sounds like someone that's really dealt with like being terrorized by next door neighbors. Um, and she says, "I get how you say things more for observation, less for reaction. I think we can all agree that I say most things <laughs> to get a reaction for the reaction. <laughs> I say almost nothing. So, unlike many people these days, she like tries to put me into this category of a, of a of a better caliber of person, but I am not." No. <laughs> I'm not that better galber person. And I don't mind her messaging too much. I assume that was a typo. But in this case, you should have uh, hit the backspace key four or five hundred times.
2: I like the Indiana Jones-esque. You chose
0: (laughs) chose
1: badly this time. So anyway, yeah, big, big social media beef there. But I do. Let's get on uh, into the into the real meat of the show here. Past the social media stuff, because um, I do have an update on the uh, on the sex tape now. I was of the belief, and God bless my roommate for doing this for me, that if you are going to film me, okay, even though it wasn't filming me video-wise, if you're going to record me, record my audio of private things that are going on in my apartment, yeah, if you want to turn it in to the authorities of the apartment building, I have a right to hear and see and have access. Yeah.
2: And crucially, it's about judging whether the noise was too loud
1: on the other side of the room. Correct. Way. And remember how before I mentioned, I said, like, you know, you don't know that what noises were happening. They didn't have to necessarily be sex. I actually got got a hold of the tape and I would play I'm gonna play parts of it for you guys here on the show. Are you guys prepared? Are you ready mm-hmm. for this? Alright, here you go. Here's uh, here's clip number one. Um uh, uh, uh. this tip goes to Williams. See that wasn't even that was tennis. I was watching tennis late at night. You always watch tennis. I mean, from, it was on... It was, it was just he screen, loves, open loves it was like, the sport, yeah, loves it, the sport. The Aussie Open or whatever. So that was, you know, that was... I can see how that would be confused for sex because it did, you know, Serena Williams does often make those Ain't grunting that, well, noises. Yeah. So there's w- one thrown out, as far as I'm concerned. That should should have no, no place in the No problem, board. no problem. Yeah. Exhibit B. More. 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 How many episodes of Mayhem or someone... Watching and I, all right, fine, whatever. See, that's just that's just Netflix and chilling. That was just <laughs> binge watching. <clears throat> I can see, again, I can see how you hear the more and more and more. You think, you think that there's sex yeah. happening, but it's not. So there's two pieces of evidence gone. Exhibit C. Yes! Daddy! Yes! That's great news! My parents are getting a new puppy. <laughs> See, she's just on the phone with her dad that time. It wasn't even, I mean, literally nothing going on in this apartment. Totally innocent, entirely innocent. Just completely, and there's just one thing left. And I can, un- this one actually is pretty incriminating. And this one involves me. So if you guys don't want to hear, oh, I'll just play it. God, these boots are impossible to get off. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know, it's just double nodding. Really, was the issue there? So, I think it's guilty. No, no, exactly. Is am I be, am I am I the crazy person here? No, I think. I, but however, it's very clear that the noise does pollute, and I think it's more about the building. It's the building proper problem, soundproofing. Right? Yeah, is. absolutely. Put well, the good news is I've moved out, and you know that bedroom is. The only noise she'll be hearing from that bedroom now is just the sound of me lighting money on fire as I pay two grand a month for a bedroom <laughs> that I'm not sleeping in for the next two months. So that's it. Matt, you had something happen uh, to you, uh, which I assume is not nearly as um, sexual as this. No, no, yeah. no.
3: This was really a wrap-up of the PCA. Is uh, The journey back from PCA, there was a whole bunch of us.
1: <laughs> I mean, did just, you go to the dentist? Should we all take guesses as to what this is supposed to
3: just be? Just, it's, it's, bear with me a minute. So, there's a whole bunch of us had to make the journey that goes from Nassau to Philadelphia and then connect from Philadelphia back to London. In Nassau, there's a whole bunch of us at the gate. We're all, there's run out chairs. We're all just sitting on the floor, just chilling out. And uh, Director Derma offers me a mento. Other soft chewy mints are available for legal reasons. I <laughs> and I went, well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Chewy, chew, chewy, chewy. Oh. And I can feel my tongue is like banging against something sharp in my mouth. I'm thinking, what's happened here? Okay. And my tongue, just my mouth feels really bad. I'm going, oh, something, something bad has happened. Something really bad has happened in my. Unless this is like got a razor blade hidden in the mentos. Like something wrong here. I got to go to the bathroom, try and check out. Go to the because we're right by the bathrooms. Go to the mirror. I'm trying to look at my mouth no <laughs> good. So I think I know. I'll use my <laughs> I'll use my phone, which is not a Joey Big phone, but I'll try and take a picture. And my mouth,
1: eh, eh. Uh, okay. So that's... Was that helpful? Were you able to determine what that is? I was unable to determine what was going on I've in my mouth. I've taken bathroom photos before, and many of them look like this. <laughs> no. oh. it's, not always a, it's not always a mouth. Christ.
3: So then I thought, Do you know what? There's no, oh, way, there's no way I'm going to get this right. I'll take a video, and then maybe i get lucky. And I'll, get a screenshot. So you, 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 you've got that as well. Yeah, we do have this.
2: This is a video of inside your mouth. Oh boy, here we go.
3: Well, this is me trying to see what's going on with my tooth. Oh, for <laughs> <goodness> <laughs> sake. That also didn't work. At which point so hold tight there in. Yeah. So now I'm ah uh, ah, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and as I take it out, I realize there's a guy standing next to me at the mirror. Going you're right? you're right there buddy. <laughs> going, "Hey, how you, how are you doing?" And uh, of course, Please I have,
2: tell me you did not recruit some random stranger to look inside your mouth.
3: I said to him. Are you ca- a dentist? I said to him, in case you're wondering, I think something's happened to a tooth. I'm not, I don't do this often in the bathrooms, in airports. I was trying to say, look, and he said, well, I'm a dental assistant. Do you want me to what? take a look? No. Only guy in there. So, no. I go, really? And he went, yeah. His name was Indy. He, he was said, like
1: uh, if you don't mind I have a mouth fetish i will
3: to take a look. I mean I'm thinking could be anything here but he was only a little guy I thought I could take him if it gets gets serious.
1: So I'm Let there. Let me use my special instrument. i got, to take a peek in there for I, you. I got the light on my
3: phone. He's taking a look and he tells me you've got an old filling has come out. If you've got a bit of chewing gum, just make it into a plug and put that in there. That will yeah. do you good for the rest of the journey. I'm like, thanks so much, man. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I come out of the bathroom and everyone's still sitting on the floor wondering what's going on. I'm saying, you won't believe what's just happened to me. I told them the short verse and that again. You're yeah, right, Matt. Yeah. He'll <laughs> say anything, won't he? At which point, Indy walks out. Good luck with the tooth, Matt. See you soon. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, cheers, buddy. And they all kind of going. he's throwing the rubber gloves away. Good job, like, Matt. That. So that was Here's real. Here's a sticker. So then I thought, well, I can't let this opportunity go by. It's a story that is of EPT Live. So I got hold of Indy. He was traveling with his sister. And I said, uh, would you take a picture of me and in Indy? And so that's me and my dental assistant who took care of my tooth. I got a bit of chewing gum. I made it into a plug. I couldn't eat for the whole of the journey to Philadelphia Whoa. and then back home again because oh. this thing was like sitting there bugging the life out of me. On the plane, I'm actually Indy comes in and he's sitting a bit further ahead of me. His sister is
1: Just next reclined to me. in the seat. He got right <laughs> up in there.
3: Is his sister's next to me? So I, and I suddenly think I'm gonna probably use these pictures. I should let him know. So I scribbled my name and email, which probably looked very dodgy, it was very Joe Stable to move and just went, Hi. Would you give this... Uh, would you take this for me? So said, would you give this to your brother and just tell him to get in touch with me because I want to let him know I'm going to use the pictures. Then he got in touch with me. His name is Indy Rajapasky. And he said, hi, Matt. Funny. I've seen shows with you but did Uh-oh. not realize it was you at the time. Anyhow, if you find a spare moment, can you send me the pic for my collection of pics with poker celebs with a toothache? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, thanks in advance and have a nice day, Indy. So... There you go, so the, I mean, of all the chances that the guy that catches me with my phone crammed in my mouth is a dental assistant and sorts me out, and then a day later I get an appointment, and knows you. we're and,
2: all good. And the biggest win here is, I'm assuming he works in America as a dental assistant, that he didn't sort of charge s- me. Didn't charge you $2,000 for looking <laughs> in your mouth.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, what was the bill for? Can you send me a picture? Because I want to put it with the rest of the people who have propositioned me in a, in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> While holding a phone like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. So, yeah, so
3: it's just, it was just crazy that that would happen to me there and that the one guy in the bathroom's with me who doesn't report me to the security actually turns that, out to be a dentist.
1: That is so lucky. I think it's time we get to a little bit of Dublin. If you remember, this is the music James picked out for Dublin. Well, I
3: no, no it's, it's, I didn't pick it
2: out. This is the official theme from Dublin, oh, right, company's right, The company's right. the opener at the okay, start of We're gonna start, go never,
1: never going to pin anything on him. Yeah, no. I don't know why you he's keep just, going, James. He's just. like Teflon. Nothing sticks. All right, well, this is what I picked out. There's a guy puking at the beginning, so that's appropriate. That keeps it regional. So yeah, um, Dublin's been happening for a few days. We had the uh, the High Roller final table already, the UKIPT High Roller final table. Um, Matt. Again. Came in a day late. Yeah. You had a, uh, a gig, of a, a wedding? My band had a wedding on the, so normally
3: I would have traveled in on the Saturday, but the Saturday night my band had a wedding that had been booked for years and I really didn't want to let this couple down. And luckily found an early flight on Sunday so I could come in in time just to make our meetings and get the uh, get the show going. But it meant that I finished the gig, drove home, had to empty the car of all the lights and the amps and the guitars, got changed, got my bags, went back to The ladies'
1: underwear that gets thrown at him while oh. he's on stage.
3: Ah! Play another cover of a 60-year-old song. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and finally got to Heathrow to, like, crash at the Travelodge about quarter to three. My alarm went off at five past six. Wow. Got up, flew in here, landed about nine, nine, nine o'clock or something. Um, you must have been desperate because you emailed me asking if you could come sleep in my room. Yeah, because when I got to the hotel my room, of course, I'm checking in at 20 past nine. They're like, room's not ready. If you want, we can go through the pre-check-in procedure and we'll ring in. I'm like, yeah, fine. Do,
1: Do you know th- what your, your caveat was? If it's not already covered in, let's just call it, <laughs> fluid. Yeah. the thing is, I wasn't alone and there were probably a black light would have been Yeah. Jason Park. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would've just been a so, very disturbing scene.
3: So anyway, so but then in the process of checking in she went, ping, her screen was like, I got room for you. So I'm like, I'll have it, as long as it's not got someone in it. I went in, even though my screen said, Welcome, Mr. Funjade and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> Whatever.
1: I laid on the bed And then like, Mr Funjade comes out of the bathroom the <laughs> towel. <laughs>
3: exactly. Well I, I even rang or something said I'm not about to like have any guests. Oh no, no, it's saw that. But I hope you'd back me up. I don't really do late. I'm very rarely late. If somebody says your call time's half past, I'm there at quarter past. Yeah, I don't think i I don't do late. So I had left... I'd spoken to James and said, how long do I need to leave to make the the trip to the venue? Said 10 minutes. So I left 30, because that's the way I roll. I come out of the hotel and I say to the domin, what's the quickest way to get down to the venue? And he says, oh, shortcut. You don't have to go out on the road and do all that. Cut through our car park. Cut through the car park. Go left. The
2: hilarious thing is when I left the building probably like several hours before we even (coughs) arrived in Dublin, I'd asked exactly the same question. They said, there is no shortcut. You have to go out all the way around down the road. So
1: I lucked out. And I didn't ask, and I just went out and down the road figuring that I would uh, screw it up somehow. The thing
3: is also, remembering that this is the first time I've even been to the venue. Normally, before we start a day of work, I will have checked out. I know where I'm going. I know. So I'm thinking, okay, any shortcut? I head off to the car park. It's Sunday. Okay, right, this is the way. Keep walking. Get to the first guy. Oh, that's
1: padlocked. That's not how, a how far have you gone now? that I've only too got, far to turn back. I've no, I've gone about three minutes. Okay, three so minutes.
3: You... But I can see the end of the road. Okay, I, I'll keep going. That'd be fine. I, I'm sure there'll be another way out of this car park.
1: So okay, so you g- go past this. You don't like jump the fence, right? No, anything. I just go okay. past this.
3: It's not a problem. The doorman knows what he's doing. He's local, lad. So I keep going. There'll be another opportunity. Oh well, this appears to be uh, this appears to be locked as well. So uh, that's fine. I'll just keep going. The doorman knew what he was doing. That I took this morning. So this morning it was open. On Sunday, it was padlock closed. Oh, yeah. padlock, Okay. Yep. Oh. Next uh, slide, please. That is open this morning. Sunday, padlock closed. Keep going. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Keep going. I've now walked for 10 minutes. You know what I'm going to say. But you're say. getting
1: further and further away from the entrance. Further and further
3: away. Further and further away. That was <laughs> open this morning. Padlocked on Sunday. Keep going, Joe. Keep going. Now this... This, there's a sign, I'm feeling good, here we are. There it is, at least you know you're
1: in the right place.
3: But I'm. (laughs) You're so close, but so far. A a panel of metal, made pretty by (laughs) trees. Somebody had a great idea there. They could drape some curtains over it. But if you go to the next picture, Joe, even though these panels are padlocked together, there's a tiny gap, which believe it or not, I got through with my bag, (laughs) squeezed through, clank, clank. Did you put the bag through first? I did, I put the bag through and then went right through. I got through only to find myself in another area, next slide, (laughs) that was padlocked. And my only option is this wall. I'm not the man I used to be.
1: At this point, are you worried also, like if I'm doing this, I'm worried that someone's watching me on CCTV and that I'm about to get arrested?
3: That wasn't my immediate concern. I was more concerned I was gonna be late because I had to be late. I've spent at least 10, 12 minutes getting to this spot. So now I have to turn around, walk 10, 12 minutes back to the doorman. Who I go I haven't got time, but I am very <laughs> angry with you. And then I have to do it. so I end up getting here about five minutes late, having given thirty minutes to a ten minute walk. And also remember I'm burnt I'm on fumes. I've got yeah. about two and a half hours sleep. So any energy I gained by sleeping for an hour when they gave me the room has been more than burnt up walking about six kilometers up and down this car park. Is that get- why you
2: couldn't make it over the wall, Matt?
3: Uh, do you know what? I st- cuz obviously I was actually on the other side of that wall on Sunday just look at the wall going oh, That was right I that was right so there I just, just text right the production team there. going guys I've I I promise you I left enough time but there's been a problem I'll be with you as soon as I can so I'm afraid I made the meeting 5 minutes late so you've been late twice
1: this week One sort of your another time really your purpose your 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 your, your purpose your what? fault <laughs> the time earlier, because remember, you didn't get the right call time, too, so you got that frantic. <laughs> yeah, I also, as we've spoken about before, quite often if it's my shift off, I go back to the
3: hotel and I'll sit and just watch the stream and kind of just take my trousers off, as gentlemen of a certain <laughs> age do, and just chill back with a, with a bottle of water and watch it. And then I get the message saying, Matt, can you come a little bit earlier than we said? And I'm like, well, how much earlier? Like now, now i so again, just imagine that all again. So yeah, there's been a couple of times when I've had a bit of a panic on,
1: but it's all good. I, I had a bit of a panic on and typically when my panics happen, it's usually when we're on the air. And because uh, the rest of the time I'm just so used to screwing up, it doesn't really bother me. <laughs> it doesn't register. And uh, I mentioned that we had the UK IPT final table this week. And if you guys watched the coverage if you know me well enough, and if you know television well enough, you will have seen that when I go to award the High Roller Trophy, I go, let's get a big round of applause for our EPT Dublin High Roller. T-. I like forgot where I was all of a sudden. Looking for a sign. Yeah. And I was sort of just looking around like an 80s movie when someone's trying to make up like a fake name. I was like, welcome to EPT Pillar Trussell Light Champion. <laughs> and so. I've recovered fairly quickly, but you guys saw it, you know, you noticed that I just completely lost my place.
2: It gave us a chuckle. You recovered it, though. I don't think most people watching.
1: Yeah. Watch and it. so and because, so basically, like I have had a, a pretty nasty cold and we had a crazy work week leading up to this. So that first day I was on like cold medicine and whatever. And so I was like a little out of it by the time the final table was over. It wasn't the worst final table as far as length. It was what, 10 hours? Which one are
2: we talking about here? The uh,
1: the high roller. The, the, the 25K event. Yeah. yeah it was about, it was less than that, but seven or eight hours. Yeah, okay, seven or eight. So it wasn't that bad, but still I was just tired at the end of the day. And so when I screwed that up, I still had a little bit in my head, and what actually didn't make it to air was that on the very next thing I had to do, which is the trophy presentation, I had a pretty big gaff. <laughs> Welcome to the wiener's pre- <laughs> It's not a wiener's presentation. It's a winner's <laughs> presentation. We're going to do it again? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, everyone. I appreciate that. <laughs> Look at <my> stuff. <laughs> wiener? Well, I mean, it probably would have been fine for him. I don't think he would have noticed the difference between a winner and a wiener. But I knew immediately. And I did that thing where, like, my brain was already saying the word presentation. So I went for the W in winner in the E in presentation Reason. for wiener's presentation. And uh, luckily, our uh, our crew here was like, it's okay. We'll, we'll do it again. Keep going, don't keep going. worry. Still rolling. Still rolling. Yeah, so, and I was like, save that. We need that. We absolutely have to have that. I actually, um, that night. What happened to your hair, by the way, Joe? You are aware you're on television, right? Yeah, well, the thing is, um, we don't have a hair or makeup person anymore. So <laughs> And I wear headphones all day. Exactly. And they, right. and they go. <laughs> Headphone hair. And they go. I don't know if you're. Sh- uh, it's too early. It's not. Had, yeah, oh, yeah.
3: yeah, there's a bit of there's a bit of a weird thing going but on. This is, this is one of the things I realized very
2: early on in my career is that you can't. Have hair longer than
1: like an inch if you're going to be wearing headphones. Right. Yeah. So, and there's no one to fix me now. And also, the way it happens is when we're doing the live stream, it's like, it's over, it's over, get down there now, get down there, get down there. And so, like, I'm just like, I didn't even have a shirt on <laughs> <laughs> at the time. Literally, I didn't have a shirt on just, when this just, happened. Just to
2: be clear, Joe, you were, however, wearing a T-shirt. It's not like you were, you make it sound like you're, you're I'm just <laughs> lounging, just I hanging like,
1: out everywhere.
3: I feel like that's one of those T-shirts that got, got the tuxedo and the bow tie on it, is that's just a T-shirt that looks like a jacket with a shirt underneath it.
1: Yeah, no, got it's, it's exactly, you actually, when I went to private school, go ahead, Justin, you can bring those over here, actually. That's uh, this is part of the show here. Fergal, we'll get to you hey. in a second. You hang tight, buddy. So part of what I wanted to talk about is that this after this happened, it's okay. Come on, come on. After this happened, I uh, I went on a date, and my date's roommate owns a, has a family donut shop here in Dublin, uh, and so I thought it'd be really nice to order donuts for all the crew and all the security guards and everybody here. So these awesome. are from I paid for them. So these are from the Rolling Donut here in uh, in Dublin, and supposedly it's like a hometown. It's like one of these things. It's like really popular here.
2: Now, obviously, I'm going to wait until we finish recording, yeah, that's because, all right. as, as well documented, sugar, sugar makes the larynx fat.
1: That was one of the first things James ever taught sugar me. Sugar makes the larynx fat. Look at that, guys. Check that out. Oh, yeah, I
2: mean, these look awesome, and I want to enjoy these properly. I don't want to be chewing on air, and I
1: don't want to. I eat. think all the all the guys on the camera should get them now. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, so you guys, can you guys checking. can you guys eat a eat a donut and operate? Come get one. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <I see>. Oh, <laughs> on yeah. come on. Everybody is here. Give back a and donut. I want, to, I want to make sure. Just you want to oh, make look, look, sure. Look, Liam, I, if, can't If there's wait. anyone available, I want to give them to all the security guards, too. Oh, they're still warm. I've they're never seen warm. a man so sure that he can operate a camera in it. Can, are you yeah. sure you can do it? Oh, Abs- yes. Apps are fucking lootly.
3: I've been training my whole life for this I moment. I can do this. <laughs> so
1: if anybody else wants to go get them, especially if, if Maria or Gabby wouldn't mind, just the people just out front and everything. Here. I want to make sure everybody gets... Oh, and the dealers. When the box is done, can you... Not done, but, you know, when... Everyone's got. I want to leave yeah. a box. For we the don't dealers. want to give an empty box to the dealers. That and then cool. the rest of our crew. By the way, the dealers don't do too good a job. Yeah, don't do too good a to job. I going to show you guys something out. about the dealers. Actually, the dealers kind of pissed me off. Go back to social media beefs for a second here. This guy Ross Gaff is um, is a dealer here, and uh, he said, "Excuse me, sir, but us dealers can get your. Can we get one of your stand-ups in the old staff room, please? Could be your warm up act." Uh. And this sounds like a horrible proposition to me. That so you basically go into the dealer room and
2: do your stand-up set yeah. in front of people who are not necessarily native English speakers?
1: Native English speakers, just showing up for work in the morning, not drunk. I mean, there's a whole <laughs> lot of... The
3: criteria you normally demand of an audience. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so, people who like maybe just don't even want to listen to yeah, comedy in the morning. Going,
3: oh, how long is this going to go for?
1: And so he, this dude actually like got in an argument with me when I was like, look, I'm happy for you to come to a show. And then he wrote... In the staff room, and Ooh. I was just like, "Tell you what, I'll do a comedy show in the staff room when you deal an O eight game on the deck of an aircraft carrier, because that is pretty much similar circumstances." How is he? How am I supposed to do my job in the staff room? Okay, well, I think I I would say that a similar
2: situation would yes, be so if he comes and deals your home game.
1: No, because the people in my home game are are gonna play poker and follow the rules as opposed to the people in the dealer room who are going to be like, sit the fuck down. Why are you here? (laughs) Go away. Which is exactly what happened to him there. Anyway, I digress for a second back to, um, back to Dublin. So yeah. So I wanted to talk about is I had, I had some fun in Dublin. Um, I went on a date and it went pretty well. I got some donuts delivered and, uh, I went out and had a Yeah. How are the donuts guys? Are they good? Oh, that's like we, go. we got a big <laughs> we got a big thumbs up sugary donuts.
3: cinnamon based thumb
1: so I did I went out for a couple of uh, a couple of Guinness which I I genuinely like Guinness I think it's really good but the thing is like for and Guinness is like the thing here right I mean it's in every bar and it's a thing that you're supposed to do in Dublin
2: Well the weird thing is there's this legend some say it's a myth but I actually think it's true is that Guinness tastes very different in Dublin to how it tastes anywhere else in the world. And I like
1: Guinness anywhere in the world. But in Dublin, it has a particular flavor, which is still, delightful. Still Guinness. I mean, I like, I like the flavor of Guinness. But my we- the weird thing about Guinness for me is that it's a pain in the ass. Like, it's this thing where they can only pour half of it. And then they got to let it sit for a little while. And but their whole ad
2: campaign up. in the 90s was about how good things take time. That you have to wait for your Guinness. But it's worth it.
1: It just must be, and and it is worth it when you drink it, and I don't mind waiting for it as a customer, but as a bartender, it just must be a huge Mm. pain to have like 40 Americans or English people walk in and be like, "Uh, yeah, 27 Guinness, please. And you're like,
3: (laughs) (laughs) back to you in a couple of minutes. It it should be noted that in this
2: particular photograph, uh, Matt Broughton is not drinking said beverage.
3: No. Well, the thing is, it feels like you're setting me up for a kick in here, but... (sighs)
1: I don't understand that's how that's disgusting. possible. Like I don't. I, mean, I can understand not loving it. The
3: thing is, I've not even I've not even tried it in probably 10, 15 years because the last time I tried it, it just was like a. It was just like a glass of dirt. <laughs> it's so weird. I know. It's just I just don't understand why anyone would drink it for pleasure. It feels like if it was a medicine. If like you've been to some Chinese herbalist and gone, this
1: is going to really sort you <laughs> out. You go, okay, here we go. But people go, oh, and I'm just thinking, oh, it's filth. I mean, is are there any other beers that you that you hate? I mean, I get it's, it's not a beer, right? Stout, it's stout. But you know, with no. I mean, I'm, from,
3: I'm so. like I'm like a camera member. I drink a porter and a milk stout, and I will drink some other stuff. Um, but there's just something about Guinness just
1: makes me just makes me heave. That, I, that's that's all I, can I wonder if like Guinness killed your parents or something like I don't even know like what could make it that there it is it was this toucan and it pecked their <laughs> eyes out and laughed and really slowly did some While action.
3: playing a harp <laughs> <laughs> and, No I mean and Matt went my goodness my Guinness. <laughs> the thing is, it was a long time ago. My taste buds have changed. didn't used to like eggs. I eat eggs now. Maybe I should try it again sometime. You should try
1: it again. I, I, see, the thing is, I thought you'd tried it enough times in your life that this night I didn't try to make you do it. Because it's like one of those things where people are like, you're, you're going to love it. Try it. Yeah. You're I, ju- I silly. just
3: silly. I just don't waste people's time by going, can I have a smell of it? Can I have a sip of it? Because I think they don't want me... Th- Spewing into there, go. You know, you go <laughs> put liquid back in. Go there. No, I didn't enjoy that. Yeah, not but gonna I, drink any
1: of it. So hey, one day, one day I'll try again. But no, I'm I'm just avoiding it for now. So I did get the chance to go out in, D- in Dublin and have a couple of Guinness, other than this night. And I will say that on this particular night, I also received a neighbor noise complaint. No. Yeah. Again. Yeah, and the thing is, it was before anything. I won't say whether or not anything happened in my hotel room, but nothing was happening at the time. <laughs> And I got a like a pounding on the adjoining door, and I was like, <gasps> "Okay, that's the that's the international sign for shut the fuck up." So I was like, "Let's just be quiet now." <laughs> were you booming?
2: Were you projecting?
1: Yes. Um, we were. It was like Saturday night. It was like one thirty, two in the morning, which I know is late for some people, not for others. And once I was like, "Okay, that's reasonable. It's reasonable." Like we were, you know, we were listening to music and like telling stories and stuff. So we had a reasonable volume so once he did that the music went off and we started basically whispering because we were a little terrified <laughs> and then without any prompting about two minutes later there was like a knock on the door Ooh. and I'm like oh, all right I gotta go answer this and I open the door and it's this dude with like a sleeve of tattoos and like spiky hair and he's like, mate, mate. He's every other word is mate. And I was like, look, friendly then, friendly. Yeah, really friendly because he was calling me mate. Um, I was like, look, um, I, I get it, and I assumed that once you pounded on the door, that the volume was okay, and he wasn't listening to me, and he kept just saying, "I know you ever want everyone have a good time, mate," but I'm in here trying to sleep with my girlfriend, mate. And I was like, no, 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 I get it, and I'm not arguing with you, but once you hit the door, was it an okay volume? Because if not, I don't. I, we can't get any more. Yeah, care. I was like, I don't know what else we could do, and he just completely ignored that fact over and over again. And um, he was a little aggressive, but not, it was it was fine. And then I, I hear the door next door open up. His girlfriend go, "Get back in here! Get in here now, Terry! <laughs> I told you, leave it! Get in here!" And so, um, and so, you know that that happened. And I was like a little irritated just because I was like, it is it, it is a Saturday night, and I think you should have like a little more, um, but. Thinking about it, right? Like if I if I was that dude, and it was like Saturday night at one thirty in the morning, and I was already in bed with my girlfriend, things probably didn't go that well for me it's dis- that night.
2: Disturbing that a pattern is emerging, though, Joe. These noise complaints, and maybe, and I'm not saying it's necessarily connected to sexual activity, but maybe it's just your general volume. Maybe you're kind of thinking you're on air and that you need to project. I don't and think honestly.
1: I don't think it's me ever. Like I would be really, surprise. I'd be really shocked if if the person, the other person who is in my room were the louder. Cause I'm actually very cognizant of the volume of my voice most of the time. And I don't like being rude and I don't like upsetting people, especially when my actions are scrutinized more than most other people's are. So like if that's someone that works on the crew and I wake them at one in the morning, the next day, everyone knows about it. And yeah. of course they all know about it. Cause I talk about it on this fucking show, but <laughs> Makes it slightly easier to find Right, but at least it's me. At least it's me outing myself and not something else. So I tend to try to keep my affairs very private while they're happening and then decide later on whether or not I want people to know about it. So I think that the other person was a little bit vocal. But uh, and now I want to know when are they, are, when are they leaving? <laughs> because I'd like to hang out again in my room, and I just want to be like, look, I, I know you can't really tell me like, who was staying in the room next door to me. Can you tell me if it's someone different now? Because <laughs> I just don't want to piss off the same people. Odds are they checked out on the Sunday.
3: Let's hope so. Well, if you slide your mobile phone with the light on under the adjoining <laughs> <Yes>. door, <laughs> I can guarantee success of getting some great imaging. Like you will know exactly what's going on in there. I
1: have. Proof. You've done that before. In my mouth. Oh right, the mouth thing. <laughs> let's have a little. Let's do a little adventures in online poker.
2: Adventures in online poker.
1: So the morning after all this, I woke up to an email from PokerStars, which is usually like an insta-delete. Like, it's just part of my morning ritual to like delete <laughs> things. That whatever, whatever our bosses and or our parent company has sent us, just delete, delete, delete. If it's important, someone will tell me about it. But I just so happen to catch this one email about this milestone competition on Stars. like these challenges.
2: This is still related to the 100 million celebration. celebration. Yeah. 100
1: million customers on PokerStars. 100 Star- million Star- customers on, nice. Co- on PokerStars. How many of those are Brian Hastings, do you think? <laughs> How many of the 100 million... Uh, so yeah so when you uh, so basically there I got this email saying that if you completed these two challenges you could win a cash prize from between $5 and $10,000 and I was like oh let me just see what the what the contests are and maybe I can do it and uh, there were two of them one was to uh play 100 hands of no limit holdem
3: cash that was hand, for like right?
1: a, what's that? that cash cash hand. hands of no limit okay. holdem yep and the other was to play 1000 hands of zoom and it's like a, a silver and a gold challenge and I was like that sounds pretty doable to play 100 hands and No Limit Hold'em. There
2: is one caveat, though, here, Joe, is you're meant to be working. <laughs> now, you're meant to be
1: commentating on some live poker action while playing. Yes, but also part of my job is getting people to play on PokerStars. This is true. And so I kind of thought that the tie-in, as long as it didn't take away from the commentary too much, which, let's let's be honest, it would be hard for me to phone it in any more than I already do. It doesn't really go much yeah, lower than you that. you can't drain it? any more water out of the <laughs> pool. At that point. It's empty and dry. Yeah, uh, so I figured it really wouldn't affect things too much, so I decided to uh, take a go at it. And if you guys are interested in how you do it, right up there in the upper right-hand corner, uh, won't be good for the audio podcast, but uh, upper right-hand corner is where... uh,
3: Describe it to the people listening to the audio Uh, podcast. uh, There is a PokéStars (laughs) lobby, and in the top corner you'll find what looks like an archery target with an arrow in the middle of it. And the word... challenges. (laughs)
1: And there's actually lots of challenges going on apparently and I was just messing around with one of them. This is the challenges page and it is the PokerStars 100M celebration that you can see there. So you click on that and it tells you what the challenges are for the day. So I decided to do this and the 100 hands of No Limit Oldham was easy and part of the reason I did this, I was like, how much money do I stand to lose right? if I play badly or get coolered? Uh, And it works from 5 cent, 10 cent any anything above that. Okay. So I decided to play 10 cent, 25 cent. And this is just
2: hands where you're at the table. It's not hands you have to play. Hands where you're dealt in, I guess. Fine, so yeah. it doesn't matter if you, you could literally just fold 100 hands and it would count.
1: Exactly, and I didn't do that, no. of course. But I did actually make money playing the 100 hands of No Limit Hold'em, playing 10 cent, 25 cent. I cashed out, I bought it for 25, I cashed out for a little over 75. Nice. So that's a pretty good win rate, I think, for 100 hands. Um... Yeah, tripling up in a hundred hands—that's yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. Um, and then the thousand hands of Zoom was a little more difficult because um, to, there's a lot going on in Zoom. And because in order to get through the thousand hands, you got to do the fast fold, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then every time you fast fold, you get dealt a new hand immediately. So it's real like when you're playing the regular hold'em, I could fold and like wait for the hand to play out, do some commentary, read a tweet. The thousand hands, so I ended up having to play on my breaks because my 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 fear was that I was going to not complete the 1,000 hands and I lost three buy-ins playing the Zoom. And so I was like, oh, man, if I lose three buy-ins, lose all of my profit and don't actually complete the challenge, I'm going to be really fucking pissed off.
3: But if you do complete the challenge, you know you're going to get. I'm
1: going to get some cash. Exactly. Big cash money. turns out that um, the prize I got. Let's get a little drum roll here. (laughs) <laughs> a drum, lo- drum roll I can't say the word drum roll ever here we go drum roll oh there's no at the end okay so my prize was a ticket for an all in shootout that was my <laughs> prize for the hunter hands of no limit but it was fine because I made $75 playing that now in the end of the zoom I did end up uh, I think I ended up like $10 down. I was up at one point, even after being down three binds. I had like 125 in front of me and ended up donking you know that. why you went up, don't you? Because I sat down next to Yeah, you. James is my good luck charm. I was doing really well. And James watched me play this hand where I stationed the fuck out of this guy.
2: <laughs> he played it really well.
1: With middle pair. And no, I think I just got lucky that he happened to be just have total air. Yeah, most of the time I'd be wrong there, but that was like the hand that like really turned it around for yeah. me. I had over like 125 bucks at one point, but I ended up finishing around 65, which I was in for 75, so I lost 10. Um so and then I was like, "But wait, let's see what my prize is." And that prize was <laughs> Na-na. Na-na. Your total winnings are $5. <laughs> <Woo>!
2: <laughs> so let me get this right. You played 1,100 hands of no limit holding cash, and your net
3: earnings were minus $5.
1: Correct. Which is pretty good for me. I was going to say, that's probably per hour. As an hourly rate, that's your best poker ever. I don't think I've ever played a 1,000 hands of poker in a day. So I was was pretty happy about that. James, as long as we're talking about online poker. You want to go into the lobby, dude? Yeah, let's go into the lobby.
2: Yeah, something we've been talking about on EPT Live, which we're really excited about, is the first ever EPT Live home game. And this is going to be taking place on Thursday, the 10th of March at 9 p.m., Central European Times. So that's 3 p.m. Eastern time. And the idea of this is it's a free roll for fans of the TV shows, people who listen to the podcast, people who watch the live streams, and there's going to be loads of prizes. There's going to be tickets for the Sunday Million, there's going to be team money, there's going to be bounties on the commentators, signed Kid Poker posters. These are posters signed by Dean Eggs himself. At the moment, the club only has three members. Myself, club manager, Mr. Stapleton and Mr. Broughton, who is, of course, the waster. Representing Hornchurch. <laughs> but we are going to open up this club to everyone. We are going to give out the club ID and the invitational code on the very next episode of this show. So this is currently episode 36 of EPT Not Live. We're then taking a one-week hiatus. Yeah. We're back the first week of March. I think the show will be released on the 3rd of March. And that will be episode 37. And in that show, we will reveal the club ID, the invitational code, so Everyone can come join us in that game on the 10th of March. And Matt, what are we
3: doing on the 10th of March? Well, the, the home game? Are we, yeah, we but can- what specifically <laughs> are we doing? <laughs> Me and you will be streaming live on Twitch. The whole thing. We'll be sitting there playing the game. Oh, that's fun. We're going to sit together in a tiny, tiny room with a big, big camera. And we are going to bring our... Bring our joy to the stream. Something am, uh, we've never done before—a dedicated EPT live we Twitch. Guys, I, I want to make
2: it clear, to you, we're not cutting you out the loop. But I did no, double I check know. with your whereabouts, and realizing that you're in California, then you can't play a real money game on
1: stuff. I'm supposed to be, yeah, I'm supposed to be in California. So at the very least, I should be able to pipe in mm. and mess around with you guys and watch from home and maybe do a little commentary alongside you guys. Best case scenario is. A couple of my friends were talking about maybe going away for a weekend, going down to Mexico. So maybe I drive down. That's a Thursday. Maybe I drive down on the Thursday, fire up the old Poker Stars. My friends come join me a couple of days later, and I uh, make a little Mexican vacation out of it. Maybe I'll go play like uh, like the bet, like
2: the be- like the, big bo- the big boys do. <laughs> <laughs> my fear is, if you're then staying in Mexico for the weekend, that the last we will ever see or hear from you is in a home game on Poker Stars on that
3: Thursday.
1: I mean, it's better than not seeing or hearing from me at all, which is always like the odds-on favorite. <laughs>
3: That's always on the table, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so I'm down for that. It's unlikely I'll be in Mexico for it. If not, I'll uh, I'll join you guys via Skype, something like that.
3: Incidentally, do you notice my name? You can tell that I was an early adopter, because it's just-
1: No the, no, no number. The, there's
3: no number, not the Waster6745. I just signed up day one, went, Waster, this name is available, thank you very much. There must have been 1,000 million people afterwards. Going, I mean, I
1: can't even get Stapes. No, well, yeah. Well, it's very popular in poker. There's a lot of you about. You're uh, not very special. I know. I know. Used to be the one thing I had. My name. So let's cheer me up by doing a little Superfan versus Stapes. Oh. I mean, Staples. <laughs> one of them
2: loves the EPT. Where is this guy? Come here. Out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's
3: Superfan versus Staples.
2: And just as we did at the PCA, we have a live superfan. I mean, hopefully they're all live. Uh, But joining us (laughs) here at the RDS in Dublin is Mr. Fergal Moore. Fergal, welcome to the show. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Fergal, when you applied on Twitter, you said that you were the bananas guy. Yeah, that was me. Now, for people who are new discoverers of EPT Not Live, Joe, this was something to do with a competition you set. I think it was after Monaco where we had a running joke on the live stream about, Uh, EPT Live being sponsored by bananas.
1: Yeah, because we're not allowed to, like, actually name product names and stuff in any of the jokes we do. So I was like, well, surely the banana industry won't come after us. So I did this gag about how bananas were were sponsoring EPT. And I think Matt then coined the catchphrase, taste you can peel. No, Graphical Nick, I believe, actually took that. Okay, well done, Graphical Nick. Yeah, so uh, because we had the whole bass you can feel from from the headphones headphones that we used to hawk. And uh, I did a competition, like, make a commercial four bananas and I'll give you a prize and I think we had two submissions total and yours was the one that wasn't shit even though <laughs> now, hold on I don't know about that but no your but yours I thought was decent like look maybe it was just comparatively but uh, I have it here still I have your little soundcloud which by the way James we got bananas taste you can peel so yeah, so man, I thought th- I thought that was pretty sweet. Thanks for that. I appreciate no that, James. I was just gonna say we should we gotta put this put the show on SoundCloud. It's, yeah, it's on the I list. Yeah. It? Okay. Cool. Um, so what's your deal, dude? Where you come from? I'm from Cavern,
0: which is about 100 kilometers north. A cavern.
1: What's it like growing no, up in a cavern? cavern?
0: <laughs> it's a small county, it's rural a, county. Okay. So, but now t- I live about 15 minute walk from here.
1: Oh, okay. So you made it to the big city? Yeah. You, you left. About, you left the I cavern. Got out, I got
0: out. What do you I do out. here in Dublin? I'm a student and part time poker dealer.
1: Oh, that's cool. Hey, that's pretty neat. Are you
2: coming down to the auditions here at the RDS on Saturday? When are they on? Saturday. Dealer Idol on Saturday. You
1: can try out to be a dealer on the EPT. Um, No. Yeah, why not? (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, and what are you studying in school? Business. Okay, so
0: you don't want to do the dealing thing forever. Maybe. I'm thinking about maybe taking a couple years out and um,
3: going on a cruise ship and dealing... You know, that's how you
1: see the world. I knew people that worked on cruise ships. Do you know,
3: I've been offered I wish it happened to me when I was younger, I've been offered as a musician to go on a cruise and I think part of me thinks the romance of like being on that cruise and coming out. But then I found out like as staff, you're not allowed to mingle with humans like all of the staff are like in one little kind of area. I mean I'm I'm guessing it's not like downstairs in the Titanic, but you know, it could be kind of quite isolated and not quite as romantic as it sounds.
1: When we were leaving the Bahamas, the cab driver was like pointing, he's like, see that cruise ship that cruise ship has like 30, ten thousand passenger and two thousand crew. Sheesh. So even if you're only allowed to mingle with the crew, it's like a that's pretty still a pretty
3: good pool. Yeah, but it's I don't probably think more people that live in cabin. Those weren't the kind of cruises I was looking at. I was looking at like around the Isle of Wight, you know. Oh uh, yeah, not, <laughs> not those. Ones. Sixty passengers and four staff. And yeah, like, right, hey, yeah. who likes brown eyed girl? Ding <laughs> ding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I know Jimmy likes brown eyed girl. <laughs> Give me the bartender, everyone. Uh, okay, Frogle. So your thing is Quentin Tarantino movies. That's your specialty subject. Yeah, that's the one I picked. <laughs> are you? Would, would are you like a fanatic or just? Uh, a
0: no, I think uh, in hindsight, like I like them, but I don't know much about them. Okay, well I'll more take that.
1: That's good for me. Uh, one more quick question: uh, Hateful Eight. Did you see it? I did. yeah. Did you like it?
3: I did. I really liked I it. I feel
1: like I'm one of the only people that I think it's. I think it's one of his best movies.
3: Yeah, I loves. know. I really liked it. Okay. Yeah, I sat in a room and watched it, and two other people went. That was dreadful. And I was
1: going. Really? Oh, you saw it too, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: And I, and I watched it, and I was sitting going, oh, I love all this. And I just looked, and I was looking with my nephew and my niece, and they were just going,
1: oh. Uh, I also think the social commentary is fantastic in it. I think it's just one of his smartest, most mature movies. Anyway, moving on, let's play a little Superfan versus Stapes. Yep, that didn't happen because I was on the wrong screen. There it is.
3: So this this competition's States.
1: called Tarantino, but like
3: K-N-O-W. Oh, nice. Oh, very K- good. Tarantino. Yeah. So
2: Matt Brown is the question
3: master. I'll be keeping score. As always, these are numbered 1 to 10. Uh, some have bonus answers, some don't. So it gives you the chance to catch up, or you the chance to right. smash the life out of Joe. So uh, obviously, Fergal, you're our guest, so you get to go first. I need a number between 1 and 10. Seven, because it's always coming seven. (laughs) It is always coming seven. Always coming the seven, okay. Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction have a family connection. Which brothers are split across these films?
1: I don't know. Okay, Joe, can you steal it? It's very rare I'm going to jump off to an early lead, but it's the Vega brothers, Vincent and Victor Vega. It is that, yes. Michael Madsen's Mr. Blonde, Vic
3: Vega and uh, Vince Vega from uh, Pulp Fiction, John Travolta. To be
1: fair, I didn't know they were supposed to be brothers, though, I thought they were supposed to be sort of the same character.
3: No, no, they are brothers, and
1: in fact... I think they both die in both movies, so that probably wouldn't work.
3: Tarantino intended to do a prequel to both films, sorry, I just wanna make sure you're not cheating. (laughs) Um, Clearly he's not. uh, He was gonna do a prequel to both films called Double V Vega, which would have starred the Vega brothers, uh, but Madsen and Travolta eventually got too old to reprise their roles, and Tarantino had to abandon the idea. True Which story. is great,
2: so we get trivia questions and additional trivia afterwards. I like You're welcome.
3: That. I uh, like Joe, that. you've taken an early lead, you are 1-0 up. Alright, here we go. Avoid seven, but pick a number. Uh, nine. Okay, nine. A radio advert heard in Reservoir Dogs advertises a location featured in a later Tarantino film. Name the advertised location and the film that brings it to life. I did not know this! See? We're learning. I We're think- entertained and learning.
1: Uh, I don't think I could name the place, but isn't it the the celebrity diner from Pulp Fiction?
3: You can't get a point. Can't get a point. Do we give him
1: half a point? No. You got to name the place.
3: <laughs> okay. Do you want to? Do you want to pick this up? Joe's Joe's really opened the door for you <coughs> here to a degree.
1: It's not a place okay. with a five-dollar milkshake.
3: Hold tight, there, Joe. Oh, Jimmy's shit. Diner. No, I don't think we can give you that. It was Jack Rabbit Slim's Home of the $5 Milkshake that appears in Pulp Fiction. Uh, There's a radio advert in the background of a scene of Reservoir Dogs that actually advertises that place. That's awesome. Okay, uh, back to you, Fergal. Okay. Seven or nine are dead. Anything else? Number one. Number one. Good choice. According to Christopher Walken's Captain Coons, for how long did Butch's dad wear his watch up his ass? Give <laughs> <laughs> me the watch.
0: Oh uh, it was like
1: six years? No. Five years. Oh, well, you, you only get one guess, I'm afraid. Joe. I won't steal the five years. I'm not, f- 14 years. It wasn't 14 years. Um, there is an opportunity to pick up a
3: bonus point as it was Fogel's. It was five long years he wore this watch up his ass. So anyway, but after Butch's dad died of dysentery, how long did Captain Coons himself wear the watch up his ass for a further number of years? Four. No, I'm sorry.
2: It was two years. Two more years. Man, okay. It's a low-scoring game. It's a defensive so, battle. I,
1: the problem is that I actually saw these movies when I was a teenager, which is when I remembered movies the you, most. You suck up okay. quotes
3: and yeah. 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 Okay.
1: And you, well, you could watch movies ten times and it didn't bother you. Okay. Joe,
2: Joe, you have an opportunity to extend your lead here because it's your question. What am I up?
3: One nil. Oh,
1: just one nothing? Okay. Number. Number two. Number two. Eh, number two.
3: Despite being bleeped out and kept secret until the very end of Kill Bill Volume Two, the name of the Bride is revealed at what point in the movies? It is, I mean, for the first time, I guess I need to add to that.
1: It is revealed um, in the the final conversation of Kill Bill Part Two. Whoops, wrong, wrong.
0: Daryl Hannah, I think, is telling a story about when she's in school.
3: No, No, it's actually revealed on the plane tickets. There's a shot of the plane tickets Ah. when she's going to Okinawa and Tokyo, and we actually see it. What is it? It's uh, Beatrice Kid, Beatrice Beatrice Kiddo, Kiddo, Kiddo. Kiddo. So they are. Wow, I thought I thought this would be good. Okay, uh, I'm enjoying them. Good. Give me a number, big boy. Uh, Ten. Ten. Good choice. Good choice. Which soul singing group does Jackie Brown introduce to bail bondsman Max Cherry? I have no idea. Do you know what, the funny thing is, I didn't look up into these, this was just stuff I knew, so I, I just thought, everyone has a chance of getting this. you you got no idea on this It box. seems like pretty good Qu- Tarantino <laughs> trivia. What is it again? The, the soul singing group that Jackie Brown introduces Bao Bondsman Max Cherry to.
1: Fox Force 5.
3: Oh. It's a real group. The Delphonics. Ah. Uh, uh, and later on, Samuel Jackson refers to it as well. Okay, maybe. I'm just way more of a nerd than I was aware of. <laughs> I, don't,
1: I told you Jackie Brown's the only one I've only seen one time.
3: Okay. Might be my favorite movie of Tarantino's. True fact.
1: Uh, I
3: believe it's your turn, Joseph.
1: My turn. Is I'm it? Is it with, no, hang
3: on. Yeah, I went for two. Yes. yes. yes you're right. Okay. I'm going to go with three. Okay, three. In Inglorious Bastards, Michael Fassbender's German accent comes under scrutiny. He tells the SS officer he was born in a village that rests in the shadow of which mountain? I'm clearly way more nerdy. No one's got any chance of getting this. Really, it's such a big scene. It's really, I must have watched these films way too. Thunder Mountain. No. (laughs) I swear to God, I watched this movie two days ago and I don't know. Ah. <laughs> the scene and the guy, and they're in the. Bu- I know, I, I know the, the scene. scene,
1: Matt. I just don't remember the specific line you should of have dialogue. said where, wh- where did the scene take place? A basement. Oh, yeah, like man.
3: <laughs> it was in the shadow of the Palu. They talk about the Palu. Oh, the Palu is strange. Oh, really? Which, incidentally, education fans, is a mountain in the uh, Bernina range of the <laughs> Alps, located between Switzerland and Italy.
1: The Palu. I'll never forget it now. Will you, Fergal? No, never. Right.
3: When you watch it, you're going to think, she says about it, he says about it, the guy says ah, that's all they can talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay, give me another number. Four, five, six, eight available. Four. Four, thanks. Okay, this one I feel good about. Kurt Russell's character in The Hateful Eight is called John Ruth, but what's his nickname? The Hangman.
2: Yes. yes. Virgil, you're on the board.
3: And a bonus point attached Uh-oh. to this one, Uh oh. we find out that Red Rock's actual hangman, played by Tim Roth, is apparently also in attendance. Name his character. He's not the actual hangman. Spoiler. <laughs> and that's why I use the word apparently, but name the character when he is being the hangman of Red Rock. Um, Quite a memorable one. No, I don't know. Joe? Nigel Pennybottom. No, it's Oswaldo Mowbray. Oh, yeah. Oswaldo it's, Mowbray. Right, that's why I thought you might get there. We have
2: a tied game, and it's Joe's question. Joe's question. Question, question
3: five. Five. In Kill Bill Volume 2, Bud sells Ellie Driver a Hattori Hanzo sword. As he counts the cash, he's bitten by a snake. Which type of snake bites him? A black mamba. <laughs> Ding. Correct. And there's a bonus point attached to this. Can you give me Ellie Driver's Deadly Viper Assassination Squad code name? Isn't it L Driver? I don't know. Copperhead. No. Do you want to pick up a bonus point here? No, I can't remember it again. Oh, California two mountain snake. Sorry, you, I'd already started the word. I can't. I can't name it. Oh, California
1: mountain snake. Joe leads two-one. How
2: many more questions? Is this a final? Round? Two more. Oh, two wow. more. Right, last okay. question oh, well, you, for need, you, you need this question. You need this question.
3: Six or eight. Six. Okay, ah, I've, I've got a good feeling about this. One of my favorite scenes in any film. In *Inglorious Bastards*, Brad Pitt and two of his posse poses Italians to get into the Nazi screening of Nations Pride. For one point, can you give me the name of two of the characters they pretend to be? So there are three, <laughs> three of them.
1: Dude, how about why for, did you have a good feeling about for this? For one point, what is the one word in Italian that Brad Pitt knows how to say? But, but seriously, it's such, a, it's such a
3: big... Such a big deal, it's such a big deal, really. Really, I, I'm such a nerd because I, I do this all the time at home. I take it only, only something like that. oh, no, uh, but, <laughs> but, but 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 stick with it, think about it, let it let it roll off. Because I'm gonna give it, if
2: you can name one of them, I'll give you a point.
3: Um, I'm such a nerd, I really thought this would be well known because again, because like, because Christopher, uh, Christopher Walken, Christopher Walken, Christopher Waltz, he makes them say them so many times, it becomes like, oh my god. Right, okay. Casperci. Made... No, right. I'm... This... I don't know. Right. Okay, no what one is, knows what any of it? <laughs> it's Enzo Gorlami. Gorlami, Gorlami. Yeah. is the one I thought you'd get. Antonio Margheriti. Let's hear the music. Margheriti. Okay, I... here's what needs to Hang happen. Hang on a second. And Dominic De Coco. <laughs> <laughs> what needs to happen
2: here for Fergal yeah. to win is you have to get your question wrong. Yeah. Fergal has to steal it. And then, the then with the tiebreaker. Okay. So... You're drawing pretty thin right now. Okay. You've, 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 you've got ace-king against
3: ace-queen, and there's a queen on the board. There's a place near me called Margaretting, and I wind my wife up every time we drive past and go, Margaretting! Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's just me. Right, so question eight. Oh. In Pulp Fiction, Butch decides to save Marcellus from the Gimp and his torturers, heads downstairs armed with a sword. What are the three weapons he considers and then discards before settling on that sword? I got some spares
1: actually, if you want to really help Fergal out there. A banana, an umbrella, and a Tommy gun.
3: Oh, true. no. I'm oh, unlucky.
1: <sighs> right,
3: I we might just give him a point per, per right on. I
1: think a point per is pretty fair. Yeah. Golf
3: club? No. Um, Two more guesses. Get the question again. Okay, so <laughs> when Butch goes downstairs to save Marcellus from the Gimp and yeah. the, uh, the guys, he goes down with a sword. But he has picked up and discarded three items before he settles on the sword. Can you give me any of those items? Baseball club? Y- yes, 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 yes point that for is that. one of them. Now, if you can name
2: one of the other items, you've got one guess. If you get one of the other items, we'll give you the game. If not, it's a tiebreaker. It goes to the tiebreaker.
0: Um, it was like a saw?
3: Be more specific. Like a
0: chainsaw.
1: Yes! Yeah, all right. (laughs) Nice job,
0: A
3: hammer hammer gets swapped for a baseball bat, which gets swapped for a small chainsaw, and then the
1: sword. Oh, thank God. I thought I was going to win that. Fergal, we're
2: calling it a win for the superfan. A final score of 3-2, which means you get a 27-euro Step C ticket and an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt.
3: What was the tiebreaker? The tiebreaker was, according to special effects man Christopher Alan Nelson, how many gallons of fake blood were used in the Two Kill Bill movies? In gallons. 600. A thousand. Four hundred and
1: fifty. So
2: Fergal, you would have won on the tiebreaker as well.
1: Fergal, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate you being here.
0: Thanks for having me, guys. Good luck
1: in the dealer auditions on Saturday and on the cruise. Thank
0: you. Yes, nice to meet you so well. Thanks for coming in. No problem. Thank you guys. (sighs)
1: Shout
0: out to TCD Card Talk. Who? Shout out to what? TCD Card Talk. It's our card society. Oh
1: sure. Whatever. We'll cut it out later. So it looks like we're not going to have time to get to the Deadpool review, which is just fine by me. Maybe we can do it, you know – we got nothing going on between now and next week, but uh, why next we, episode. Why don't we save it for the next episode? Yeah, am just going to save it for the next episode. Maybe we can get Matt in there because uh, that's all the time we got left for this uh, for this show, guys. Next time, which is going to be in two weeks, I believe, right? We're that's right. We're not doing right. a show next week. Because, Joe, you've got a big gig on next week. i got a big gig on next week. I am a seat-filler at the American <laughs> Poker Awards. <laughs> Good week. job. No and one I'm, fills a seat and like I you. I just don't think I'll be able to swing doing all of the seat-filling and doing this show at the same time. And uh, so. How's your meal? Are you enjoying it? Lovely. Are you having a good time? See you I'm like the Tony Clifton of uh, <laughs> of the American Poker Awards. Just walking around, razzing people. Uh, so, yeah, by, by the next time, uh, double will be over. So we'll recap yep. that. We'll do the Deadpool review. Um,
2: you can tell us what it was like being a seat filler at the American Poker yes, Awards. Yes, and
1: I am nominated for an American Poker Awards. So
2: maybe it will be an award-winning host of the, uh, of the podcast.
1: Or maybe just a really, really, really bitter piece of shit. We'll be hosting next week, too. And uh, also, I will have basically moved to Los Angeles at that point. So we'll have some things to talk about. and uh,
2: th- Oh, and most important of all, our TV shows should be back. So really? we we'll probably have a show to discuss. Oh, that's it's awesome. it's looking likely that we'll be back on air first week of March. So uh, viewers in the UK and Ireland, will get going to see it on Channel 4 on Tuesday the 1st of March. And by Wednesday the 2nd of March, it'll be available for the rest of the world to see at PokerStars.tv.
1: Fantastic. So we got new shows. And don't forget, the next show we do also is going to have the information for the new home game.
2: Yes, club ID and invitational code so people can play that game on the 10th of March.
1: And that's it. That's all the time we've got for today's Boom. show. For James Hardigan and Matt Broughton, I'm Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.